the KTOY Sunday Show, your weekly forum to discuss the issues in our community. Brought to you by Derek McGarry, State Farm Agent, here to make your life go right. Here are your hosts, Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Good morning and happy Sunday. You are listening to myself, LaMoya Burks, and Philip O'Donnell here at KTOY Studios. It is the first Sunday in March, and we welcome you, our listeners, to this edition of The Sunday Show. KTY Radio 104.7 produces The Sunday Show. It comes to you live each Sunday morning from 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. With COVID protocols in place, we do regret not being able to welcome your calls as our guests are on the phone lines and not in the studio. The views and opinions stressed and expressed on The Sunday Show are the host's only and are not representative of KTOY 104.7 nor Texarkana Radio. During the first segment last week, the topic was millennium in the media, and our guests were Sydney Simone and Epiphany Lachey. We talked about the multiple platforms of media and the positive and negative influence of media personalities. Either both of these young ladies couldn't have taken the whole hour, so don't be surprised if we do have them back when the time is more available. In the second segment last week, the topic was diversity, equity, and inclusion. We will welcome uh, Lee Williams from Texarkana College, as well as Tony Favors from Texas A&M Texarkana. Both of these gentlemen are administrators. Lee Williams as TC's Director of Admissions, and Tony Favors as A&M's Assistant Vice President of Admissions. It's always a blessing or fortunate to consider it when you can get people in leadership positions that can be trusted to handle the best interests of all members of the community. These gentlemen certainly qualify. Lee Williams and Tony Favors, we enjoyed them immensely. Now, it is the first Sunday, and as always, we appreciate the insight that we gain from the Crosstalk panelists. So when we come back from this quick break, LaMoya is going to introduce the members of the Crosstalk panel. The Sunday show will continue with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm Agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. Sometimes in life, a sudden situation, a moment in time, alters your whole life and forever changes the road ahead. But we want you to know that no matter what, we are here to help you be prepared for the ups and downs and twists and turns through your life's journey. We are here to help life go right. We are your good neighbor. Always have been and always will be. This is State Farm Agent Derek McGarry. Please call us at 903-831-2000 or visit us at DerekIsMyAgent.com. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my community and those I care about safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Texas Army National Guard. Aired by the Texas Association of Broadcasters and this station. When you look local first, you help local businesses grow and employ more locals, providing direct benefits to our local economy. At Ashdown Dental Clinic, Reese Lunsford and the team understand how anxious you can feel with a visit to the dentist. They take your whole well-being, not just your teeth and gums, as important as it should be. They provide an individual, holistic solution because everyone is different. If someone you know is experiencing mental health problems, Community Health Corps can help. Contact us at 1-800-4-INTAKE today. For immediate help, contact our 24-7 crisis line at 800-832-1009. 
Ivan Smith Furniture has exactly what you're looking for. Living room, bedroom, dining room, kids room, office, even outdoor furniture. Plus mattresses, accents, and entertainment centers. Financing, delivery, online bill pay, and so much more. Ivan Smith Furniture with locations in Texarkana, Hope, and Atlanta. To help your local business community grow, go to looklocalfirst.com and click on Texarkana. Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is getting up to use the bathroom at the stadium. Excuse me? Excuse me? Oh, sorry. Excuse me? Mind if I just squeeze by here? This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Mom, I'm hungry. Popcorn? Mm. We should live stream this. Already am. With this new plan from Walmart Family Mobile, I get 40 gigabytes of high-speed data for under 40 bucks a month. It's a limited-time deal. Ooh, watch out! Loose ball! Whoa! That's double the data with no contract or surprise fees. <gasps> Yay! Buzzer beater! All powered by T-Mobile's nationwide network. Makes me feel like I'm a step ahead. Double data ends July 31st, 2021. Hotspot does not double. See terms at MyFamilyMobile.com. Walmart Family Mobile. Stay a step ahead. Now back to the Sunday show with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. If you are just now joining us, welcome to the Sunday show. This edition of the Sunday show being the first Sunday of March, we will dive into our very thorough discussion as usual with our crosstalk panel. Now, as a reminder, Texarkana, we know that we love to continue to grow uh, in open sight and open mind to issues both local national as well as statewide with us at this time we have mr mark white mr white are you with us yes i am good morning mr jesse keaton mr keaton are you with us and we also have miss joanne rice good morning miss rice good morning how are you doing well all right as we sip our coffee this morning we do want to start um as we the times of COVID uh, on the state landscape. The first question this morning that we want to uh, chew on is regarding uh, the state of Texas with Governor Greg Abbott's recent decision to announce um, lifting the mask mandate um, in regards to public health. What are our thoughts? Mr. So White? Right. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Ms. Okay. Rice? Ladies first. Okay, Ms. Rice? I, I, go ahead. I think it does not make any sense whatsoever. Uh, we still have quite a few people uh, that need uh, shots. I have to say that uh, here in Texarkana, it looks like we are moving speedily and with precision and uh, getting uh, our citizens uh, shots. But that doesn't mean that that's happening everywhere in the state of Texas. Um, we can only speak for our part of East Texas and really only, I guess you could say, Bowie and Miller counties. Uh, Miller is Arkansas, so we can't really speak to that. But what we can wonder is why would he uh, make it possible for uh, to open up restaurants uh, 100% capacity? And uh, why would he, what, what motivated him to think that by lifting the mask mandate that everybody would, that we could go back to normal so quickly? It doesn't make any sense to me. We're, we're making great progress, but it looks like he's a person. That's, that's my, my thinking. And I still haven't understood why. 
perhaps Mark uh, has a better insight into why we're doing something like this, because right now, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, primarily, um, Ms. Rice, it's, it's all money-driven. It's all based upon the business leaders of the state putting pressure on the governor to open things up so they can put money in their pockets. Uh, once again, the dollar is outpacing and has more value than human life. Unfortunately, in this country, that's been always the case. So what you see now is an immense amount of pressure that's been put on the governor of the state of Texas. And I understand, it's just not Texas, it's Arkansas as well, and Mississippi, and North Dakota, and all the rest of the states, 43 of them, if my understanding is, going to try to remove the mask mandate. And primarily, it's it's strictly the business leaders, those who would uh, definitely profit the most um, from the restrictions being eased up are putting pressure on these governors. And, you know, because they make these huge campaign contributions and these governors and, and state lawmen and, and uh, national uh, representatives want to stay in these jobs and not actually represent the people, uh, this is why they decided to do that. Now, you know, Governor... Uh, Albert is um, pretty much setting himself up to have uh, a large amount, uh, uh, quite a few citizens in his state to possibly get sick or die from the disease once again. Because everybody has to understand, listen, there's definitely been some progress over the last two months. And definitely don't want to take that away from what is going on. But this disease is not gone. And they are still getting many cases each and every day. And instead of looking at what is good for the people, they're spending most of their time to find out what is good for profit. And that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Uh, I mean, you, listen, there's a potential for much more death because you're going to lift this mass mandate. The CDC has already said, even with everything that's going on, with all the progress that's being made the last couple months, three things you still need to do. One, wear a mask. Two, socially distance. Three, continue to wash your hands like you, you've been doing. And by the time, hopefully they're saying, by the time, beginning of the summer, so we're talking about somewhere in the May time frame, that there's enough people who have been immunized with the vaccine, plus the, you know, the mask mandates and the social distancing will help, you know, it may not eradicate the disease, but get it down so low enough where you can actually function like you used to do prior to the disease happening. It's, it's all about the dollar, all about the dollar. Do we think uh, with particular sectors such as schools and businesses putting out their disclaimers within the last week that they will still enforce the mask mandate um, within their businesses and so forth, do we think that that will have any effect uh, on the projection of us going back up the slope in increased cases in the state of Texas? From what I gather, and Ms. Rice can probably uh, help me on this one for sure, but I gather that I know that at least TISD is going to continue to use their mandate, their, their mass mandate policy. And I imagine the TASD and, and Libby Ilo and uh, PG uh, school districts may do the same thing. Yes. And I imagine that there will be some businesses that will also continue to do that. Um, if the individual businesses continue to do that, there's a possibility that those cases won't soar. 
But if you relax this policy and just let everything go back to normal, yes, the potential for cases to go back up could very well happen. We saw that happen, you know, after the first time in our April, March, April time frame of 2020. We saw an increase there in July, and then we saw another increase in the fall. You can see an increase in the number of cases if, you know, you get real lax about these conditions and these, um, these recommendations that the CDC has. Well, this is just, I, I do want to say that uh, I am excited about the fact that CISD has come out and said that we will continue to do everything, including masks, washing of hands, and also um, having um, uh, items available, PPE available, everything available as we've been doing, because children are our most precious commodity. As we always say, children are precious. And so our staff is also. Because I think sometimes we forget that if you didn't have a teacher, you couldn't be a doctor or a lawyer or right. engineer. You had to have a first grade teacher first Absolutely. before you could do any of that. So the fact that our, that TISD has come out and they have already sent that message out that we will continue to follow the CBC guidelines, I think that's awesome. I sincerely hope that the other school districts will do the same because we have to remember that teachers um, and other and, and children, that we uh, even though it may not be always up front, but we also can get sick and we also can catch and, and can uh, be, receive this disease. I think Governor Abbott, in this case, I do agree with Mark about it is a financial thing. It's not. It has nothing to do with taking care of the citizens of the state of Texas, it's all about the 2% of people who own businesses and want to continue to make their millions of dollars, which is unfortunate. But it also is about taking off so that we won't remember that during the um, uh, snowstorm that was just a few weeks ago, millions of people in the state of Texas were without, without power, and people actually died from not having heat. He's trying to um, make everyone start talking about the uh, the mask and forget about the fact that whatever this is that Texas has that's supposed to be good, better, and best failed the citizens of the state of Texas. So, of course, he wants us to start talking, as we're doing, talking about the mask mandate, talking about opening up Texas, opening Texas back up, but not talking about the fact that millions of people were without power, and now that those the power is slowly coming back on, uh, people are finding out that they have huge electric bills. He also went on Fox News during that time to talk about how it was the Green New Deal and how is that possible when Texas has oil and gas and nothing to do with the Green New Deal. Uh, I think that uh, we as Texans, we need to remember all of this when it's time to go vote, that people were freezing, they didn't have water, we saw people putting ice, um, in their room so they could so they could actually flush the toilet. I mean, we are in the twenty what are we twenty second twenty third century, and we still are having people having to go outside and milk ice to drink. That's something that needs to not be forgotten. Of course, uh, he's throwing this stuff out about uh, opening up businesses. Well, I'm sure because some of those businesses probably lost quite a bit of money when they lost power during the time 
that we were having this snowstorm. So that's another thing. He's just he's deflecting. He's just making sure that we're not really thinking about his lack of caring for the people of the state of Texas. I want to bring one thing kind of to everybody's attention. Now, I'm from the great state of Arkansas, and we're very accustomed to being ranked 49th or 50th. And the joke here is that thank God for Mississippi because that's what's keeping us from being in last place. Now, here's the thing about it when it comes to vaccinations. The New York Times did a study, and they looked at the percent of people in each state that have been given their first shot and their second shot of all of the vaccines that they've been allocated from the federal government. Now, here's the thing about it, and this is what makes what Governor Abbott is doing sound kind of crazy from a public health standpoint. Texas has vaccinated 14% of its residents with the first shot and 7.5% of its residents with the second shot. Now, how do those numbers compare with the rest of the states? Only Utah and Georgia have, are worse. Only, you, only the states of Utah and Georgia are worse. There are territories in a lot of other countries and 47 other states that are better than Texas just on that measure of where do we stand as far as vaccinations are concerned as a percentage of the population. So what Governor Abbott has done, it, it, it has to be political expediency as a part of the equation. Now, I looked at his record. He went to school at Vanderbilt. He is not a dumb man. He is not an idiot. You can't be critical of him and use those words. But I think he is being quite crafty with the timing of this. And let me tell you what I mean. There are two governors this past week that came out and said, we're going to lift mask mandates. One was in Texas. The other was in Mississippi. Both of those states are in everything that's about them that's right now in the public sphere, as far as news is concerned, is negative. Texas, because of the power failures and the power grid and the state oversight or lack thereof, ERCOT and all of this foolishness. And Mississippi with the same thing. It's capital city of Jackson. Most of the residents don't have water or those that do have to boil their water. And of course, if you know anything, I think Jackson is about 80 or 83% black. So the infrastructure is not there. It's kind of giving a blackout to the state of Mississippi. And Texas, as proud as Texans can be to say, hey, we got our own power grid and we're a number one energy producer and we're energy independent and we're all of this stuff. All of the press right now is negative because of the failure to winterize, the failure to plan for cold weather to get sometimes Texas in 89 and 2011 and as well as this year. So it's, it's, it's pretty frequent and perhaps going to become even more frequent. So the crazy thing about all of this is that I, I guess you could give Abbott some credit because parts of his base, this is exactly what they want to hear. This is, this is hey, we're not going to do what the government says. We're going to do what we want to do, you know. So I think there's a political expediency aspect to this that goes along with the money and everything else that Mark and, and Ms. Rice talked about. Let me say this, so I think that um, what everybody has said is, is very accurate, but if you will notice that the one city, what I have heard over the news and read about in Texas that did not lose power was El Paso. And El Paso is a pretty large place. And the difference between El Paso and the rest of Texas was that El Paso, after the 2011-2010 ice storm that came through and, and, and demolished their system, basically, they invested in a system now that would withstand that uh, they were proactive in, in, in making sure that if it happens again or something similar to it, that they would not lose power. So it was not... 
solar power or the green energy deal that Abbott wants to make people think it is uh, or was. Uh, it was just a lack of preparedness on the Texas grid system because they are the only state in the entire nation that had a separate grid. And that knocked off everything. And from what I understand, it, it was about five minutes away from being through, uh, uh, 30 days without power. So uh, it makes a, a very bad uh, look on Mr. Abbott himself. Now, let me say one last thing. This deal that uh, he lifted his mask, it's a bad decision, like everyone has said. But what I look at is this. What is going to happen in the way that they're projecting it's going to happen is that the, the increase of cases will increase. That is negative because what you're doing is that you're putting at risk again additional um, people's lives who are taking the responders who are taking care of these people. They have struggled to get the numbers down, and now you're going to put them back into a situation to where they've got to go back in and save the lives of people who are going to misuse the mass mandate and do it their own way and get sick, and you're going to put them back into jeopardy again. I believe that your right as an individual is your right as an individual, but it stops at the point to where you place my life in jeopardy. And so I think this is what uh, uh, Abbott is not looking at. Like I say, we're facing money over lives, and, and, and the people, first responders, who are low-to-lower-income people who are taking care of these people, we're just saying you don't care, and I guarantee you the majority of the people who are going to be able to get the health care they should be getting it, are going to be the people who are wealthy. And they're the ones who are going to flood the hospitals, and they're going to want to put people's lives back in a bad look for Abbott himself. So Abbott being governor is, um, you know, representative at that level. Beyond waiting to... Uh, beyond waiting until our next season of voting for the state, uh, in regards to the voice of the people, as far as action now, what do we do? Well, you, you, you're definitely going to have to get, this is the time that for those people who are not registered to vote, get them registered to vote. I mean, let's not wait till last minute. As, you know, as well, as, you know what they're trying to do now, the Republicans, especially after this this big blow that they received in 2020, um, we need to, in particular the members of our community, we need to get them out there, get themselves registered, and get them understanding about the voting process. Now is the time. Let's not wait till September, October to have announcements about it or PSAs. We need to start a PSA now. I'm gonna start a PSA. If you are not registered to vote, or you hadn't been registered to vote, or you need to re-register to vote, now's the time to do it. Get on there so it's already in the books, so they can't come up with excuses at the last minute, trying to bar you off the, the voting rolls. These are the things that got to be done in order to get it done. Because, see, if you give up the opportunity to make this change, as you can see, change was taking place in November of last year. If you, you give this opportunity up, these folks are going to continue to do the things that are not in the best interest of the people, only in themselves and whatever businesses that they represent. So one of the things that need to be done, let's get these folks registered to vote. Have registration drives now. Let's get them out there in Texas and Arkansas. Let's get them out there and get them over there so, they, so they'll be comfortable with the fact by the time it is to make that decision in November once again, they say, I'm already registered, I know who I'm going to vote for, 
and then you know that that could be a benefit to 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 the community. I, I agree with Mark. I think that if you look at Texas, um, it hasn't quite qualified as a purple state. It's still very much a red state, but it's trending in that direction. You look at what Beto O'Rourke was almost able to pull off in light of the fact that there are, to the best of my knowledge, no statewide uh, Democrats elected in Texas. So I think that that is, is, is trending to change in large part because of voting advocacy and, and you know, amongst a colored black and brown people as well as Texas is, is still a state that has a large influx of people who relocate here from other parts of the country. So what you're getting is people who are not necessarily, they don't have the, the Southern mindset of a lot of people who are native to Texas. Of course, I'm talking about the majority population when I say that. And, and so elections have consequences. What you do at this point is position myself to be successful with the next election and get different people in office who are going to do things that are in the best interest of everybody. I agree with that. Uh, I, I, I definitely do. We sometimes forget that all elections are local. Uh, we, everyone wants to turn out for the presidential election, but we can now see that not turning out for the state election has us where we are now. So we need to remember that we will be voting for a new governor before we know it, and we need to uh, just, I guess we should say, take a long list and have a long memory of everything that Abbott has done that is in the worst interest, not the best interest, of the people of the state of Texas. In order to do that, I agree that we need to get people registered to vote now. Don't wait until today. And also continue to keep on people's minds that, yes, there's a presidential election, but we need to make sure that we vote for our state elections as well. Our, our state uh, elections affect us more than any election that we're going to have. The national election covers a broad scope of all of us, where our state is our everyday thing. But all these laws that are coming up now trying to get people uh, in, ineligible to, to, to vote in, in the states that they come up, I think it's about 253 uh, uh, so many laws have come up in the last few months uh, to try to further hinder uh, minorities and, and poor people from voting. Uh, uh, we have got to energize those people uh, in our states in order to, to, to make a run for uh, getting people who care about us as a whole uh, in those offices. And let me say this one last thing. Not only should we get those people registered to, to vote, we should start a campaign right now with churches and people who have buses and all these things to get the people to the polls and get people designated say, hey, these are the areas we're going to cover to make sure that the people in these areas are coming out to vote. And I'm going to say that not only just looking at your governors and, and your representatives, look at your school board members and your city councils and all these things, so those votes are coming up. And that's important because what happens in our schools sometimes uh, is very detrimental to our, to our students. So we need to look at all the elections and making sure that we have not only people registered, but making sure that we have things in place that we can get people to the polls so that they can go out and vote. It won't do us any good to register people and they don't go out to vote. And a lot of these people don't get out to vote mainly because they do not have transportation to that. They don't have people coming by picking up absentee ballots if that's what we're going to continue to do. But surely we've got to get people at the state level and city level and local level in offices so that we can better ourselves at that level. And when we do that, we increase the possibility of turning states who are purple into blue states or turning states that are not so purple into purple states and getting people in office that will help us. 
All right. And we will take a quick commercial break. Hold that thought as we will continue our on equitable voting laws. Stay with us. The Sunday show will continue with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm Agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOI. If there's one thing 2020 has shown us is that life can take a turn without notice. And through it all, we want you to know we are still here to help you just as we've always been. If you need to review your coverage or just need some advice from people you know and trust, we will always be here to help. After all, isn't that what you'd expect from a good neighbor? This is State Farm Agent Derek McGarry. Please call us at 903-831-2000 or visit us at DerekIsMyAgent.com. KTOY is making 2021 your best year ever with a bucket list trip to Juneau, Alaska. Alaska. You'll explore breathtaking glaciers, fjords hundreds of fathoms deep, and feast on wild-caught salmon. Five days of awesome adventures and world-class accommodations on your bucket list trip from Travel Juneau. Ready to start packing? Register at Unclaimed Furniture or Clear Sound Audio Video to instantly qualify today. From the station going to the coolest destinations. K-T-O-Y. I owed the IRS $10,000. The IRS garnished my wages. They put a lien on my house. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency in the world. They do not give up until you pay. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions Now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions Now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions Now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. Tax Solutions Now can get you help. Our agents know the rules can stop the pain and get you the best deal we connect you with a team of former irs agents and tax professionals who will get the irs off your back we saved our home and overcame the most powerful collection agency in the world call tax solutions now time is running out call 800-466-5499 800-466-5499 800-466-5499 